0: I know it doesn 't really play into the the dad role, but id uh a march <laughs> what what the dad role we 've been off of
1: that for about one hundred and twenty five <laughs> episodes <laughs> <laughs>
2: no 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 no, uh Martin, I have had a dad angle on every one of these.
0: Welcome to our Film Fathers podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are Fabio and the Last Dog at the Bowl, Martin, and Brady. I made one decision in my
1: life based on money, and I swore I would never do it again.
2: Baseball thinking is medieval. They're asking all the wrong questions, and if I say it to anybody, I'm I'm ostracized. I'm 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 a leper. So that's why I'm I'm cagey about this with you. That's why I. I respect you, Mr. Bean, and if you want full disclosure, I think it's a good thing that you got Damon off your payroll. I think it opens up all kinds of interesting possibilities.
0: This week, we got romantic about baseball with the beginning of the season just getting underway. Unlike the new season, we don't have a pitch clock on us and we took full advantage of one of the best recent movies about America's pastime. With Moneyball, the focus is on the front office moves and the revolutionary approach that the Oakland A's and their general manager, Billy Bean, took in assembling the team. Now, the important question is, who read the book? You know I did. <laughs> <laughs> this was my first was, Michael Lewis book, yeah.
2: I was pretty confident. Uh, mine, too.
0: I did not. I didn't get in until The Blind Side. Oh, you read The Blind Side, but you haven't read Moneyball? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay.
1: got it. Got it. <laughs> if you if you can get martin to read read a book about baseball <laughs> you know it's <laughs> you know it's got to be a good book and i i yeah i thoroughly enjoyed uh the book and it made me uh, love michael lewis like i've read everything else he's he's put out since just because for, for that reason like i said like if if you can make take this topic which i'm not i wouldn't be very interested in but he just tells it in such a good way um and you you would think it'd be an unfilmable um movie but i think they did a pretty good job of, of, of adapting it too. And, and, you know, I I think a lot of credit does go to Michael Lewis. I took, I took the book out after I watched the movie and I just skimmed parts of it and kind of read the beginning and end just to make, just to see like how much did they actually pull from it? And, and yeah, you could see that, that, that Aaron Sorkin and the, the, the other writers, um, you know, did, did pull from the, the source material pretty good and were kind of true to it while still making a really good
2: movie. Yeah, I think I, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, it was probably after the movie, but I read, I think Justin Meany lent me uh, lent me the book, which is possible I still have, um, somewhere. <laughs> You're a bad, <laughs> bad friend, bad borrower. Yeah, probably. Probably safe to uh, put that label on me. Right next to the Tropic of Cancer? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: Can't stand you. <ya. laughs>
2: Uh, that's great, um, but yeah, I same thing, Martin. I think it conceptually it's almost it's almost unbelievable that they so they saw the ability to make that book into a movie, um, and not just make it into a movie, but make it into a really really good movie. I, yeah. I think this movie is fantastic, and I quite possibly enjoyed it more uh, on the rewatch. Now since I didn't
0: read it and I have read the blind side and I know how that, how he wrote that kind of like in two parallels, right? He parallels the story of Michael Orr with like the changes that were going on in the national football league and, you know, the revolutionary changes that were happening with like the offensive line and stuff. So is it the same way in Moneyball? Like he's got all these facts about how like baseball is changing. And then he got, has the storyline of the Oakland A's, or is it kind of interwoven a little bit better?
1: Um, it's, it, it got a little criticism um because it focused so much on on billy bean um okay. and and he didn't love that like he, at the end of uh like i said i read reread some of the end of it and and like the afterwards he was saying like how uh how he kept on getting kicked out of the office and they they didn't even really know how what the book he was writing was really gonna be about he 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 told them that it would not just be about the a's and not just be about Billy, but it ended up being a lot more of a you know, just like the movie is, like they show Billy's experience. Um, you know, going into going right into the major leagues instead of uh, instead of taking uh, taking a scholarship to, to Stanford, and you know, and how that shaped him as a person. So I think people were were criticizing Billy Bean for like saying that. Oh, he. The people thought that he wrote the book, and were like, oh yeah, he wrote a book about himself and how much smarter he is than everybody else. And it's like, Got it. You know, it's it's clear, clearly not true. So so yeah, I think it it ends up being. And and Michael Lewis is good about taking like a couple of main characters, I feel like, and like focusing on them in in all of his books. And in um, uh, I'm thinking The Big Short as well. He he does he does that really well. Like taking a, a few guys that are that are really the smartest guys in the room, and and, and focusing on that to tell the to tell the larger story of the you know 2008 financial meltdown. Um, uh, but in this one, yeah, he focuses on. Billy Bean a lot, and then uh, other people that you know that are under his circle. I think I think the uh, what's Paul um, Jonah Hill's character is Paul Brand, Peter um, Peter Brand Peter Peter Brand. Um, so he's that's like a I think like a composite of a couple different people. There's a Paul Podesta or something something like that. Yeah, De Podesta, I believe yes, you guys might D. even Odessa. know who. They- Fodesta, yeah. Um, so it seems like that's the closest person to, to the Paul brand or Peter brand character. Well,
2: so, so I had a note was, I I was curious. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that I've never heard of Peter brand. Like you'd think the person being portrayed, obviously would be would as revolutionary and as known as a Billy bean, assuming that usually from that, that spot, you're going to move on to being a general manager. So I looked it up and I was like, Oh, that's because there is no Peter brand. It was yeah. based on Paul De Podesta, who, according to the directors, said that uh, he asked not to have his real name used in the movie, but was still very helpful throughout, um, and they didn't really have to change his name, um, but they did, just to kind of acquiesce, and it's interesting to me, one, one thing that was interesting to me was, well, real quick, on him, so De Podesta, he went on to be the general manager of the Dodgers, uh, pretty young, and he now, and has for a while, and I know him as, he actually made the transition from baseball and went over to work for the Cleveland Browns. He was part of their, like, attempt to bring Jelani, I don't know if to you remember To Moneyball Football? like Yeah, when they kind of brought in, they took, like, they kind of were one of the first teams to, to at least loudly take on the more analytical approach, and they brought him in, I think, in, like, like six, seven years ago, and he's still there. It yeah. was a part of... Uh, so he's definitely still doing uh, what <laughs> he was doing, uh, but he's he's moved over to the football side of things. So all uh,
1: onside kicks and two points, two point conversions, totally
2: <laughs> <laughs> going um, for it on fourth down. But the part that I thought was interesting was asking not to have your name used. When to me, there's absolutely zero way that your name wouldn't come out anyway. So like, what's the be- real benefit of not having your name used? <laughs> The book's already written though, right? So you I mean his name's
0: in the book. So it's like if his name's in the book, isn't his name gonna come out if you know, if they don't use it in the movie? That's one of the questions that I had for you guys. How do you think people felt about being portrayed in this film? Like I can understand like you get in the book written and you like your name pops up and people don't really I mean they can get an opinion of you, but I meant again, we live in an age where not many people read that many books um so you know when the movie comes out it's more digestible to a larger audience so do you think like billy bean was like excited and ecstatic that brad pitt was playing him and then he got to see the role that brad pitt played and it was like who's <laughs>
2: not going to be excited at least a little bit <laughs>
0: right like you know and then you know when you when you're art Howe and philip seymour hoffman's playing you but then uh, he did not like it <laughs> completely unlikable yeah right? art how uh,
2: art how has said he, he's not a fan of the way he's portrayed in that movie <laughs> albeit yeah. by, I mean, by philip seymour hoffman yeah philip seymour hoffman i think did
1: a great job he just he just looks like a baseball manager
2: well he could do in, so in much with like just the expression and and just yeah. being like visibly frustrated and and over it and the other thing though is i think partially why they he didn't art how was reportedly wasn't a huge fan of the portrayal was that he wasn't against the Moneyball approach and was, like, a fan of Hattieburg. And so, like, I think some of that dr- dramatic aspect that obviously got played up wasn't necessarily accurate. So, to Jelani's point, that becomes the perception of Art Howe as yeah, the right. stubborn... As the villain. <laughs> yes, to essentially as the villain. And that may not have been close to true. I, I, I don't... I'm not going to pretend to know, but uh, that has been reported that he was kind of against, the, not not happy with it, and that was probably why. Not because Philip Seymour Hoffman played him, but he looks like the asshole. Yeah.
0: The other thing that I remember when this book came out, and, you know, obviously when the movie came out and people were like, yeah, that's a great story and all, but one thing that, like, they failed to disclose was that they already had amazing starting pitchers. They had, they had one like, of
2: the best staffs in, ever in baseball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they had, like, a ridiculous uh, pitching staff already. I made,
2: assigned. uh, A note, because I—it's been brought up before. I remember when the movie came out, that was that was brought up. It was like, oh, they they glossed over the fact that they had a Cy Young winner, a soon-to-be Cy Young winner, and they had like a crazy good staff uh, with Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, and uh, Tim Hudson. And they only brought up Tim Hudson twice, once uh, Beans walking through the the or the clubhouse it was like Huddy like something about like work on the slider or something like that and then they show the back of his uniform during a game I think in the the 20th win uh, streak game he's pitching and essentially gets that's it that's the entire mention that I saw of the the staff well in the very beginning when they're looking
0: at the the lineup because they pass over across the board and Mm. you see that like they showed like Jermaine Dye in right field and then they showed like Hudson Mulder Zito and then gotcha. Lidl, that was the one. Like that was the only time you ever mentioned they ever mentioned that starting pitching. Yeah, but I was like, yeah, those were pretty good, was, big names at the time. It was mentioned
1: in the book that it's like, yeah, as, as, and as long as you have three really good starting pitchers, that's going to help you win in the you know in the postseason.
2: Yeah. yeah no, and they and they definitely did. I mean, they. They had that. They had two hitters with that, that were great. With uh, Miguel Tejada, who they obviously talked about a decent amount, and then Eric Chavez, uh, Chavi, who they kind of touched up again very briefly. But they to the the point of glossing over, like essentially the stars of the team to focus on. You know, a rogue catcher turned first baseman obviously is kind of the most important player portrayed, while being fundamentally important to the approach that they're taking with this new analytical, you know, focus Yeah. in the grand scheme of things, you're going to need a lot of talent out in the, on the field. And they had some, they just didn't necessarily meet that, that approach or that focus.
1: Well, what do you guys make of it though? Knowing more about baseball than I do knowing that kind of stuff about, about pitching it's like, do you, do you think there's something to this? I mean, obviously, I guess for me, like I'm saying, obviously there is, right? Boston Red Sox took, um, took it upon themselves to, to do it, and it, it did well, seem to change. Yes and the no, game. but with yeah.
2: the Red Sox, did it. Like, it's easy to say, also oh, well, the money. Red Sox did it, and they won, but they had the second highest payroll in baseball. They, so that yeah. you can do it. So it's like you could do it at certain spots, but if you can then also have, you know, yeah. the four of the six highest played players in the, in the sport that's going to obviously help like you can they're getting the best of both worlds right so like right they also had damon <laughs> i think the 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 benefit or the the reason the a's like and you know they whether it's a choice to be a low a low spending team or if it's or whatever the case may be that's where they are and so in doing so you are forced to i think he accurately said it, like, they can't play like the Yankees in the scouting room because they aren't the Yankees, so they have to find a way to do something different. And so by doing something different, they were able to then at least play with the Yankees on the field and and, and make that challenge. And so, yes, I, I mean, there's no doubt that, like, I mean... Billy Bean's still working for the A's. He's executive vice president to this day, so yep. like it, it, he's very valuable in what they do. And I think, I think teams anyone that's smart. I think I actually really like the portrayal at the end of uh, John Henry uh, by our, our our boy Arliss Howard, who I just like. From Justified. I just. What? Oh no no I'm sorry. No,
1: from, yeah. Uh, I the, yes. What is um, he? What is he in? How do I know
2: him? We've had him in a couple. Jelani, what would you say you most yeah. know him for? Because what's funny is when I saw uh, something about about him, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how did I never put that together? But I wasn't wasn't he in our show Rubicon? He actually I think was in our show Rubicon. But do you know he's 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 in this uh, movie called Plain
1: Clothes back in the eighties or something that I watched when I was a kid. And I are you remember being serious? that's what I remember from, yeah, I'm being serious. Yeah.
2: Oh um he is also Small's all grown up in the Sandlot, calling the game. Oh um, right, yeah, the Jet steals home, and I'm like, <laughs> gosh, maybe that's just ingrained in my brain, and so I like have this affinity for him, but I definitely wouldn't have called that out at all. Yeah. Um, another baseball movie. Maybe we'll do that one at some point, um, with our kids. Uh, but uh, next year, remind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. His portrayal I thought was really good because I, I think if nothing else it's a rec- it's recognizing that smart teams are paying attention and recognizing that, yeah, we're already like a top of the food chain team, but why wouldn't we try to try to capitalize on, on these things that are clearly working and find a way to mix that in and fold that in to make our team better? Like always improving. Um, adapt or die, right? Like he said, uh, Bean says that in, at, at some point throughout the movie. And I think everyone got to that point. Obviously, analytics are a massive part of baseball now um, and have been since this kind of revolution happened. So then it's obviously continuing to find a way to try to stay ahead or do it a different way and, you know, finding the Peter Brand, aka Paul De Podesta's of the world, and, and, and putting them in place uh, and, and giving a chance to succeed.
0: I think the the funny part about it though is like even like Brady said, where there are all these teams are adding analytics departments and analytics specialists and things like that to evaluate it. There's still teams that are out there just like let's spend as much as we can, right? And we're gonna you know buy the best players that we can find. Like, well, that's like worked. The Mets, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, we're gonna see what happens with the Mets because the Mets are just out there spending like crazy. It doesn't always work, but it has right. worked. <laughs> um, you look at like. You like some of the contracts that some of these players are getting now, you know, fully guaranteed contracts of 300 million plus. Well, let's say you're
2: buying, let's say you have that, that payroll that's either endless, you know, or Steve Cohen's like, sure, give me the five best free agents on the market. You do then have to fill these other positions. So that's where you can interweave some of this analytical stuff and be like, yeah, let's find a Scott Hatterberg or let's find a, uh, you know, a right fielder who everyone else is not paying attention to or undervalues and we really need him to do X and he does X well. So let's make that work for the cheap. That way we can we can buy the five free agent top guys on the free agent market and then try to have them carry us. And then hopefully our other guys contribute along the way.
0: Yeah. Kind of just build out that role player status. Right like using the analytics to find yep. your specific role players. Yeah,
2: you're not going to pay as much attention to the analytical aspect on, on those guys, uh, on the Jose Reyes and, you know, I'm trying to th- who else the, the Mets have at this point. Yeah, who they threw the money. Uh, Bobby Benilla is still at third. <laughs> he might not be there, but he's still getting paid. I know his, that joke. His statue is still out there. Uh, I get that reference. <laughs> Martin, did that answer your question?
1: it did but i have a follow up um nice. it's more on it's more on the scouts um like i, I thought that scene the, the couple of scenes where you know there's all those scouts and they're all telling them wh- you know what he needs and he's like no we're asking the wrong questions like i i feel like that is such like an old guard and they and they had yep. like the the so much to lose right in in having to follow these stats cuz they're always saying oh oh he's got a good face or he's good great body you know uh five tool player all that kind of stuff that that they think is important that they has been important for a hundred years and it's threatening their way of life to say no we can you know we can have this nerd come in and, yeah. and, and do better so like what's your what's your take on, on all that stuff like are scouts just uh, are they I think are, are scouts had to adapt I think they had to I think
2: if nothing else I'm get, and I not going to pretend to know but I think if nothing else it added it probably did you know figuratively kill off some of the old guard and mm-hmm. and allow i think you heard about it you know, teams were bringing in more like young super intelligent like nerd sports fans who were like yeah. i can look at this and contribute now maybe they glean a little bit of that innate i you know the eye the, the, that that uh, the one you know the scout uh, talks about that he's like we you know they know what they're looking for after all this time and they see the intangibles some of these guys but even listening to them describe it tells you it's not like, exact, right? Like, you're going to miss. You're going to say, oh, I saw something. That guy had an ugly girlfriend, right? So we didn't want to take a flyer on him. Well, then he went out and won an MVP. Does that, so does that make them wrong? Because, like, that like that makes them wrong, right? Like they decided to pay attention to something that didn't matter because that's a thing that they valued instead of paying attention to maybe how well he got on base and or, you know, hit for power or whatever the case may be. And so I think uh, you... Without a doubt, you know, you have I, most of those guys in that room. I don't know if you know that, but most of them were actually scouts. Were, oh, they were, were. Were major league scouts. I mean, you probably recognize a couple actors uh, yeah. at the table. Our, 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 our guy, Art. Art. Right. From Justified. Justified yeah. <laughs> Didn't um, a thing. Yeah, I was going to say, not really sure. I like Art. I don't know why he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why
1: he's in it. There was a guy from uh a Rescue, Rescue Me. Me. The, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really say much either. I don't think, but he he said a couple of lines. Of
2: yeah. Thing. So I don't know what specifically why they uh, maybe it was just so they had they wanted to put actors in the lines in, in the roles that that had lines, and the other guys just get to sit at the table and 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 talk about uh, uh, scouting. You know, I think he um, just looks like a
1: scout, <laughs> and they wanted fair. to get old people that didn't
0: know who even Fabio was. You know, Fabio, shortstop
2: for the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think like Brady was saying, though, you, you see teams bringing in analytics and younger people who know, you know, that's where they focus on and, and things like that. But, I mean, you see it across the board in all aspects of sports now, right? Like your social media departments, right? Those aren't going to be the same people who were, you know, writing up the, the sports stats and the sports scores, you know, 40 years ago. They're going to be kids who know the technology, who know the, the landscape. And so... Know the emojis you, to use. <laughs> right, exactly. So as you grow... And you want to reach those new markets and tap into those new resources. You got to have people who are fluent in those areas. And so, you know, by bringing in the kids who were good with math and, you know, spent their time doing the analytics and playing, you know, fantasy baseball and things like that, where they got introduced to it, but then they can take it to the next level to incorporate that into helping your team win is, is no different than finding the kids who are good at TikTok or web pages or, you know um, doing stuff in the social media space to, to enhance your, your branding. Yeah. I, I personally, like, I, just, I love the concept
1: of money ball, you know, and that it's a verb now, like I'm just going to money ball this shit, you know, like when you, when you come in and take an analytical approach to something that traditionally doesn't have it. Um, I think it's just, it's become, become that verb. So yeah, that I, like I said, I really enjoyed this book. Great movie and uh and and just the entire concept of bringing bringing the nerds into you know to to use math to uh make make the sports guys um you know learn learn something i think is uh is great
2: yeah and i think they give a you know they smartly and wisely shouted out bill james who is right you know the godfather of that idea and you know, someone who scouts frowned upon because it was a threat to their livelihood and, and someone who they, you know, guffawed as, No, he couldn't know what he's talking about because he's doing it wrong. He's not going and sitting and watching tape for 100 hours and di- dissecting a swing. He's looking at something else. But there's clearly multiple ways to go about it. And I think it was a very, very well done, very well written and very well portrayed um on screen i i will say i did not i feel like the first time i watched this i was unsure if i thought brad pitt was really the right choice and watching it this time i i think he was awesome and i'm and i'm admittedly a pitt fan but um
1: yeah i i think i think he did great and um they do mention that Billy Bean is was prone to to anger, <laughs> you know. Didn't really didn't like losing, and um, and would like be the guy that that breaks you know breaks a bat over his knee, and they showed that a, a few times. Or like you know throws stuff when when things don't go well, um, which I thought was great. And then yeah, I mean he and Billy Bean, he kind of I think he does kind of look you know look like him. Like if you're gonna pick, there there probably are some some similarities there in in terms of looks. I mean Brad Pitt's much much handsomer but but Billy Bean's not not an unattractive man either. <laughs> like I,
2: yeah, like I said to Jelani earlier. I think it, most people are going to be I would hope Jelani would be impressed if they if Brad Pitt played him in in a movie, you know? <laughs> I'd take it. i will allow it. <laughs> He's uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, who's who's upset about something like that, but um the speaking of actors. I I put this down in my notes and then as I was I think it's a no doubter. Like this movie was a massive catalyst on the Chris Pat Chris Pratt Rise to stardom.
1: Yeah, I don't think I knew who he. I don't think I knew he was in this until much later. Like was he already in Parks and Rec
2: at this time? I think Parks and Rec had started. Um uh, I'll double check that really quick. But Parks and Rec was yeah. Looks like yeah, for two years. So, and and he was a big part of season one. So, two thousand nine was the beginning of Parks and Rec. And this was two thousand eleven. Um, but the note I saw after afterwards was he auditioned for the role of Haderberg, and he was told he was too fat. Uh, which, if you watched Parks and Rec, he's definitely that's kind of his thing, you know, in the beginning of that show. Um, and he decided to lose weight. Before the role was cast, he said, "I check maybe once a week." He recalls, "I'd say, did they cast it? No, and I just keep working out." Finally, I got in good enough shape that I took a picture of myself. I sent it in, and they got the role. Yeah,
1: good and, for him, and, man.
2: And getting in shape feels like the beginning of his rise, right? Because then he became, then he worked his way up to getting into the Marvel, the MCU, and, uh, and in Jurassic m- World. Yeah, getting into that more fit. Uh, the Guardians came in 2014. Yeah. Uh, cool and I f- it feels like that is all stemming from, like, essentially his motivation to get in shape and become an act And, like, get in. This is obviously a drama as opposed to the, the comedy world that he was living in. Yeah, he recommitted. I'm going to really recommit, guys. <laughs> he says in <laughs> Guardians,
1: and, like, the second one or Endgame, maybe. <laughs> Deep pull. Yeah. I thought I thought <laughs> Jonah
0: Hill did a really good job too. I
1: I thought that's what you were gonna say at first. Yeah,
2: I, I actually don't know that I love Jonah Hill in this role because he was too serious or what. I don't know. I I just I don't I I I I I, I think it's I think you'd beat it. I think someone else think, could have done that better.
0: I think for for the role that it is, he's not. He's not too shy and not too like he is quiet and reserved, but I think that's kind of, you know, a stretch for for what we've seen Jonah Hill do right in the past. Right. It was always like he was the loud, obnoxious kid um, in whatever. And then this was super more bad. like. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, he was just this was more like subdued and kind of just, you know, the nerd. Right. And taking taking a backseat to Brad Pitt. But I thought he did it really well. You know, I, able to, like, I do too.
2: Maybe he uh maybe this was his uh his wake up call too. Maybe he got in shape after this, you know, like changed his whole life, became dramatic, learned a whole you know, maybe you're right. This was the catalyst for him as this movie has changed the film industry entirely.
0: <laughs> the uh the one character that I wasn't sure on, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but who was Robin Wright's new husband?
2: Spike
1: Jones. Uh it was yeah. Spike Jones, right? I look I looked him up. He was he didn't show up in the uh, Uncredited.
2: Yeah. Why why is that, I wonder? I don't know how that works. I also don't know why they got him, but you know, they did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Robin Wright, like, I feel like she got really high um like ranking on the uh on, on the credits at the end. She was like the third person listed or something. Was I'm, she like, really? She was barely she was like barely in it.
2: She's definitely barely in it. She's obviously a big name. Um Right. It, it just would seemed be weird like, to me. A stretch for that to be necessary, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, sh-
1: I'd say that whole scene was unnecessary.
2: We've, we've talked about that before. I think that I think the, I get the dynamic of bringing in the 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 new husband or boyfriend or whatever. Spike Jones was completely unnecessary. Like you don't really need him to come in and like butcher Giambi's name for anything other than to. <laughs> make a point that she chose someone not in baseball but um but yeah i, I would agree it did, if you, if there's nothing about the family I maybe the daughter's probably they've made that kind of important but i again i don't know that that movie's worse if the whole family dynamic's not captured at all i did not need to hear that song twice i know that yeah apparently Once they said been... the director really liked it so they put it in there twice and the song that she's singing hadn't even come out yet at the time like Kind of the director kind of threw the whole movie in up in the air for like if you want to care about that stuff he kind of almost <laughs> fucked the whole thing up. Is it is it a Moldy Peaches
1: song? It sounds like the Moldy Peaches.
0: I think it is. I think that was the first time I ever heard of who the Moldy Peaches were. It
1: was
2: what from the this movie. Fuck Moldy Peach.
0: <laughs> um, from Juno.
1: You remember uh, the Juno soundtrack? Uh, oh, I do. I don't see what anyone can see been anyone else something like that um, there's a song that's Is taken that where I know t- them from then? Is that from Juno? From just, from Juno? Pro- maybe. Um, oh, okay. I of course knew them before. Avi, of course. Avi <laughs> from from my KRUI days at uh, University of Iowa, but yeah, um, they were like uh, definitely an indie darling band. Um, and it's funny there's there's this TikTok song that uh, these two girls are are singing and it's kind of like popular right now and uh and everyone's like oh wait wait till these wait till these gen z kids hear uh hear the juno soundtrack (laughs) because it does sound it sounds very much like moldy peaches so it's just you know that's like 20 years old now or whatever so
0: martin you mean it was popular five minutes ago
2: the song was by link it's already
0: over okay it just has that kind of
1: yeah it definitely has a moldy peaches vibe
2: yeah, she sounds like she sounded like a girl who like was on America's Got Talent, and they <laughs> put her on this movie. But yeah, literally, it said director Bennett Miller was so impressed by it that he not only cast her as the daughter, but then let her sing it twice in the movie. Yeah, this really it in 20, no need for two thousand two, sacrificing the authenticity because the song was from two thousand eight. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Uh,
1: <laughs> it didn't luckily it didn't it didn't uh take away too much of my enjoyment of the movie because it's yeah, it's uh, it was short enough to you know it was fine. And and you know it brought a dad aspect to the movie, which we all know is super uh, important it's, to our podcast. That's
2: uh, the key to our whole podcast on a weekly basis. <laughs> it's the anchor. Um it is the anchor. Martin, you touched on something I wanted to uh, dive into a little bit. So um TikTok. TikTok. So behind the curtain here, I was pushing this movie for us to watch as as one because le- a couple of weeks ago I flipping through TikTok like I do now because Martin is a savage and got us all hooked. Um, <laughs> there was a clip, uh, a, a you know a long clip from from Moneyball, and I was like, oh, I'm in. You know, it sucked me right in. And of course, because I watched that one, I then. Got fed more of those clips to the point that after like a week, I was like, "Have I just watched all of the movie? <laughs> did, did I see all of this? Um, I had not." In three-minute increments, <laughs> right? But it was like, yeah, the course of like two weeks of bathroom breaks. I think I had saw almost the whole movie of Moneyball, and,
1: and you saw all the best parts, you know. <laughs> well, so that sure, was the right? thing. All so the speeches. like
2: speeches, but. It I don't think that necessarily works on. You can't just do that to every movie. You could do that on some movies, and, and some are going to have more than others. But it it did get me thinking, and and one reason I wanted to watch it all from start to finish again was because some of those had intrigued me, but also because there are such a there is such a large collection of, I would say, great scenes um and so i was document as i was going through i was kind of like oh i remember that being one of them so like we kind of already talked about like that that scene at the with the scouts at the table where they're going around mm-hmm. that was one of them right so like uh had Hattie- in his living room getting kind of told about getting a contract that was one of them like Pitt asking peter who he was when he met him in cleveland like that yeah. was one of them it was like uh
1: I like David Justice on the plane <laughs> when he's like, "I'm done with you now."
2: <laughs> oh, well. And so David Justice in the batting cage when it was like, "Hey, let's, in just, the be, cage, let's yes. just be honest with each other." That was one yeah. of them. Like great, great uh, scene. Hatterberg walk off home run. That was one. Like Peter tossing the ball at Bean. Minor league player going for second and falling at the end when they're showing that. Like these were all Jeremy like,
1: Brown. Yeah,
2: good scenes like Bean working the phones for Rincon when he's calling the different GMs and working the angles. Like that was what I'm like. There are some really quality, like, decent length yeah. scenes that played well, and it just like I couldn't turn I I couldn't look away, and, and it it, it works really well, and it, it for better or worse, it made me want to watch the movie as despite me having seen a bunch of those, I was like, yeah, God, I really need to watch this movie again. So, um, interesting. TikTok, TikTok is doing it. And
1: what's with Brad Pitt? in all his movies we watched oceans 11 recently eating and i know eating he loves to (laughs) and he always i love that you mentioned the scene where he's talking on the phone and he like took a handful of something you know popcorn popcorn out of a cafe kill popcorn and then he just spits it out before he has to talk i was i was dying so i
2: wondered if it was a bean thing i wondered the sunflower seeds i wondered if that was like a a, a, like a a thing they, they pulled straight from billy bean who's like the dude's always like munching on seeds, which would would play as a former player. Right. But wasn't he? Was
1: he doing um like dip. like dip too? Because he was spitting in a cup, right? That yeah. wasn't
2: no was seeds. I dip. think you think it was seeds? no. He
0: was also <laughs> dipping. Because I have an ashtray in the, be- <laughs> in the beginning. I don't when smoke. He goes it's a disgusting habit. The, when he goes to sit with the <laughs>
2: it's a disgusting
0: habit. He, he, uh, Sorry, go ahead. He goes to sit with the the scouts and he pulls pulls the wad out right before hmm. he starts to talk.
2: Also, to former yep. player, especially back yeah. then. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so i I think it's I think it's a a pit thing because I'm I'm telling you, wow. in a bunch I, of his I'm, movies, he's. I eating. feel
2: pretty confident that if if we, if the deep dive's there, that that's a straight pull from Billy Bean. All right, all right. Agree. Well, to yes, we have watched two movies where he did eat. I think they <laughs> explained away the. The oceans one though, like they, that was him essentially like being bored. It was eating. Didn't we talk about that? Maybe I yeah, saw Yeah, we did we didn't talk about it. But, so like, but I mean, it's it's a very you know, uh,
1: like de- de- it's a big decision to let him keep doing that. You know, it like, feels to me like it's
2: recency bias in your brain.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's but not I know like
0: in Han, because a- Han Han was a former smoker, right? You remember that one? That's yeah, the Han. Han's
2: eating eat. thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: he eats because they didn't want him to smoke in the movies.
1: I personally like it. I think it's I <laughs> it think plays. it's very, like in, in not just Brad Pitt, but um, in, in any movie, when anyone's eaten. They I love when he just scarfed down the Twinkie, like in two bites. <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> it just makes me laugh, and it just works because it's real. That's how people, you know. That's, that's how it is. You, My wheel you just wonder how many takes, how many takes it took for him. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, we're going to have to do that one again. Can you take down another Twinkie in two bites? Oh, <laughs> I'm 10 Twinkies deep before we got the right cut. <laughs>
2: Uh, Apparently
0: that, that's a, a a goof in Wolf of Wall Street. Like, there's a scene where the ham. Leo and Jonah are eating, and Jonah's yeah. supposed to take a bite, but he says, oh, you can have it to Leo. So Leo has to, like, take the bite. And every time they had to redo the scene, like, Leo had to take the bite to keep <laughs> continuity, and Jonah was like, yeah, I didn't want to fucking keep eating all that time. <laughs> was it the ham tray that he always died on? I wonder or, or something else. Uh no, but yeah, I, I think it was. just put that in TikTok, it'll come up. Yeah.
2: Jelani, did yeah. you uh at the end of the movie when uh when Bean is rolling into uh Bean Town <laughs> uh to uh <laughs> to uh to interview with the Red Sox? I'm when they dropped him off and he was walking in, all I thought it was the town. <laughs> like inside Fenway, and I was like, "Dude, the town! Boom! This is this is how I can see it all right now. It's gonna happen right now." Oh, it was glorious. So, so whatever he he obviously interviewed with Boston, uh, opted not to take what would have apparently been the uh, biggest twelve point five million for uh, a GM. So. He is directly responsible for the rise of Theo Epstein's legacy, right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Do you know who Theo
0: Epstein is, Martin? I do. Yeah, he's a cusp.
1: He's... Yeah, Red, Red Sox and then into Cubs. Yeah, I mean, uh, 100%. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's in the book too. Um, So, yeah, it's, and Theo. Oh, they call uh, that out
2: in the book? I don't really remember. They call
1: it out, yeah. And, and again, in the afterwards, so it's kind of a, uh, I think it was probably written a little, a yeah, little I mean, bit later.
2: I just, you just do the math. I mean, it's like, yeah, they went on to win the title and like Theo Epstein got a ton of the credit for that. Obviously, taking mm-hmm. some of those, some of those approaches and going on to then, yeah, to go to the Cubs. And then uh, I don't even know what he's doing now, but I think does he worked for Major League Baseball. I think – was that – did I remember that right? That's, That's where my sure. knowledge stops. <laughs> you guys
1: should know more than me on, the, on that one. What's <laughs> really yes, funny is, is I'm is. like
2: not – I have fallen folks so far away from being a baseball fan. Just, I, although this season should do what – the approach is right like i couldn't do it anymore i said I, I can't there's, do there's three three to much. three and a half hour games i can't do 150 games i can't watch a team no. lose for a month and have it have zero impact on their long <laughs> run like <laughs> yeah dude I, i'm sorry but like i got kids i'll tune back in in the playoffs cardinals are usually there I'll, I'll i'll start i'm back i like i'll read an article here and there so i know who the players are but i can't fucking sit and watch games all the time not well, that's not that's
1: that's why billy beans point Of it, nobody cares if you you know get a twenty win streak. I mean, yes, they kind of care a little bit, but at the end of the day, it really only matters in you know October baseball, right? It really only matters if you if you win that last game, and that's so true because that's how that's what fans you know most of them aren't watching the games, you know. All and there's plenty of people that are, but yeah, I I, there are, but 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 in general, yeah, like you know, without this book, this wouldn't this wouldn't have you know the A's never would have um hit my radar like i wouldn't have been like oh my god do you remember w- how crazy and how awesome that was when that happened when they broke the record like no i wouldn't have i wouldn't have known um because it's right. just something it's that just, most people don't pay attention season. to
2: one of the yeah. many baseball records that that Correct. diehards care a, a lot about and most people are like okay
0: i think the other point that he, they even pointed out in the movie right is when peter goes we just need to be seven games out of first by july like they don't even yeah. need to be in first. They're <laughs> like, we I, just need to be within striking distance.
2: Yeah, there's there's so many goddamn games. I mean, I've watched it before. I've watched the Cardinals be not great and then like scrape into the playoffs and then go on to win a World Series because they got hot. And it's like, why would I? Why would I care about all that? Why would I care about five months of like cold baseball into hot baseball into like colder how baseball? About I, how about I just tune in at the end and then in the playoffs and we'll see what happens that works for me
0: yeah if people um, told you you needed to watch 162 episodes of a show you'd say fuck that i'm not what watching show? That show whoa whoa
2: whoa what show
0: <laughs> not one written the by wire sure how many right, episodes
2: right. of the, how many episodes of seinfeld were there
0: <laughs> probably about that
2: yeah i feel like it I, I bet it's not quite that but i bet it's close um, but did you uh,
0: do that every season
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Over and over again, uh, Westway. Yeah, I could probably get there. Uh, what
1: if? What if there were less games?
2: <laughs> Nothing. And like not you
1: just need, you had less less pitchers, right? Because like the whole the whole point is resting your. But if you have so many pitchers, no, that's like, still What use if you were only able every
2: five days? What's that? They'd still use them every five days, probably, or every five yeah.
1: games. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you only had, you know. It wouldn't like, change.
2: It wouldn't change the amount of pitchers they had. I don't think. You don't think so? Okay. Maybe I, I think oh, we're like in the relief or in the bullpen or something. But I, I think you're you're not going to have guys all of a sudden be like, all right, well now we'll start you every three games. So I also think where
0: we're track. at now, like people just aren't going to be. You can't invest in that much time, right? Like, there's just too much stuff going on. Our world's moving too fast, and you know, th- you can even ask like people watching, you know, fans of. Basketball, like basketball, has eighty-two games, and people are like that season's too long. People don't, they don't care. I mean, football. Even oh. sometimes you don't even
2: watch every football game, right? In basketball, you're talking about teams with losing records making the playoffs, right? Like, there's flaws for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just asking, what? How, how do you fix the flaws of, of baseball? Like, is so it- I think
2: there- I think the speed of the, game, I think that's wise. Um, it's not going to probably make me tune in on a regular basis but i would be at least i'm not there yet especially right now but like with roman now getting more into baseball if i knew the cardinals are going to be on i would be more likely to turn it on knowing that it's going to be closer to a two two hour and 15 minute game than a three and a half hour game because like what we don't we can't do that it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense for me to turn a game on and be like all right well you could see three innings and that's an hour and a half like yeah hope you had fun <laughs> what if you like
1: do like a soccer like a soccer thing and you like relegate teams you know p- promote them or relegate them into into lower leagues lower levels that'd be that'd be more exciting i feel like you know if like your team's about to get
2: it doesn't to me that doesn't change doesn't change the yeah. bigger problems they have the bigger problems they have in my opinion are there's too many games and the games were too long and slow well they they are addressing the slow aspect which I give them credit for cuz I think I'm sure there's a lot of people who are up in know have been a, audibly up in arms about that. I I think good make it faster. You can't go wrong. Well, what
1: what I'm saying is I think they're slow and boring because they're inconsequential. I think if you make games that are consequential like playoff baseball, you want more of that. You know, when you're watching a a, a your your team in the series, you you want you don't want it to end. Then, you could just start in the playoffs, but um, <laughs> all, right, all right, fair enough. No, I I'm mean, I saying, think make, I don't make the regular season more exciting.
2: You aren't going to be able to, do, in my opinion, you're not going to be able to do that. But all they right. can make three and a half hour games go away, which they have seemingly <laughs> attempted to do, um, and that will help because it is literally you could turn a game. I mean, and I, I don't know I'd argue, I'd argue vehemently that like golf is more exciting to put on than baseball is. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. maybe there's a fun game that will happen or maybe some ga- but like you turn to baseball <laughs> there's plenty of games that are absolute garbage. I mean <laughs> you have a pitchers duel is fun if you really care about good pitching. So
0: Martin Martin I think you might be onto something though. If you had like a Thank midseason you. playoff race, right? Where you have like mm-hmm. you take, you know, after the first 100 or first maybe not even 100 right maybe the first like 60 games right and then you evaluate who where they are then you have like a playoff tournament and then if you win obviously you get vaulted to the top of your division yep and then everybody else you know gets reseeded so maybe that way it would make it a little bit more exciting to say okay now we've reshuffled the deck so even if you were in last place like you might get bumped up to second or third right Based on how you did in that midseason playoff, and then you might have a better shot of going running into the playoffs later on.
1: The reason I bring up pitchers is, yeah, totally. That's kind of it's kind of what I mean. But the reason I bring up pitchers is because if, you, like you said, you guys said you have three good pitchers, and the other team has three good pitchers, or they might their second guy might not be as good as their second pitcher. So it just becomes this like, okay, we won if we're playing a three game series or something, we won, we lost one, but one, two, and it's just, it it all, it all comes down to the, to the pitching staff. Like, instead of like really being like, Hey, we're putting up our one best pitcher. We're only seeing this team one time, our best pitcher, their best pitcher really see who's the better team. Otherwise you're just saying, Oh, well we put up our, you know, our, our third, our worst pitcher and that's why we lost that game. It just seems to me that's like, well, it doesn't, does it really matter then like, are, are do you really know who the better baseball team is by that? And and that's what I'm talking about.
2: And, you know, and you've seen that, you know, last year, I think they said neither of the two perceived best teams made the world series. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: and any given day, like they're saying, like any, anything can happen.
2: Oh yeah, um, definitely. Did you see that they're actually, they just said, I think it was yesterday or today. I saw they're testing some more rules and, uh, Whatever they call it, whatever the Atlantic League is, which is like down in uh, a lower level, um, they're adding Savannah bananas. Yeah, <laughs> um, but hey, look at that! Like again, someone's yeah. trying to make a change. Like, is that yeah. going to be? Is at that going to be the yeah. way that it works? No, but like, it's definitely a fun alternative, and in there, and it shows people will pay and come out to see something different that is a way to make baseball fun. Um, but yeah, like these new rules are like doing a designated pinch runner for the whole game. So you have one guy who, like who is your pinch runner. You don't have to, you don't you don't burn him by put by pinch running. The guy can pinch run every inning. <laughs> That's what we used to do with the fast kid. We're like, hey, you're just gonna run for us, <laughs> Benny the Jets out there. He's got a job. And then they the other one that I thought I had never. I mean, maybe the purists are aware of it, but like the double hook DH rule, if a pitcher, so you get a designated hitter like normal, provided your starting pitcher makes it through five innings. But if the pitcher fails to reach five innings, the team loses their designated hitter for the rest of the game. Yikes. So I will say I liked at the end, I loved the, uh, the on uh just the statement put up on the screen that Billy is still trying to win the last game of the season. I thought that was just a nice, uh, well, not nice, but a uh, a good finish, kind of to that movie, and uh, and kind of echoing that point that he made earlier about how obviously winning the last game is really all that matters. I just felt like that was just a perfect, a perfect, uh, perfect finish.
1: I, I absolutely would have taken the money though, and I think that yeah. the reason to put the daughter in singing the song twice is because she probably stayed for the family. <laughs> I would. Oh I would no seriously... doubt. Because otherwise, I think there's no way he's not going to Boston, right?
2: All I thought was, well, you could definitely put that daughter through college if you take that payout. So that's what I thought as well. <laughs> still... Like she'll come,
0: she can come visit you, bro. <laughs> right, she's making it through. Maybe she's going to Yale. Maybe Peter will write her a letter of rec.
2: Wait, so do we think his ex-wife is actually with Spike Jones, the actor? No, because his name wasn't Spike. <laughs> It was a pretty sweet house, pretty sweet, pretty sweet view. I'll say. It's like he, he's, he's uncredited because it's him, because he he he, better he, than, he wrecked. Better he wrecked
0: than Brennan's. Yeah, right. <laughs> From eat.
1: <laughs> Jenna looked pretty good too. I think Robin Wright looked pretty good in this. Oh, Robin Wright <laughs> for all two minutes that she was on screen.
2: <laughs> I like how well she got a good agent. Scott Boris must be her agent. She was uh, she negotiated uh, a third bill on the uh, on the credits for uh <laughs> she she got to be however many minutes she was in the movie that's how far down on the list she had to go like three minutes all right you're third as always
0: there are rich pods and there are poor pods then there's 50 feet of crap then there's us please subscribe and download to get our stats up we know we are undervalued thanks and go to bed Music